Welcome to AZPM News Daily, a wrap-up of all the day's coverage from Arizona Public Media. I'm Steve Jess. Coming up on this edition, as might be expected, a rundown of election news, but lots more, too. Tucson is checking old homes for lead pipes, and we'll take an in-depth look from above at a planned border road that's drawing controversy. Results from the city election in Tucson show Mayor Regina Romero will get a second term as Tucson mayor. Romero picked up 60% of the vote in her first bid for re-election. Here she is speaking at a Democratic victory party last night. To move with me, to make sure that together we create the beautiful, sustainable, thriving desert city that we've started building. In the next four years, we will continue to build. Romero was first elected in 2019 after serving on the Tucson City Council. Republican challenger Janet Wittenbreaker got about 32% of the vote. Independent Ed Ackerley got just shy of 7%, and Libertarian Arthur Kirshen received just over 1% of the vote. The three Democratic incumbents on Tucson City Council, who were up for re-election, all cruised to victory, defeating a host of Republicans and a Libertarian. Council members Paul Cunningham, Lane Santa Cruz, and Nikki Lee were each leading by about 30 points when the latest vote counts were released. Santa Cruz told well-wishers at a Democratic victory party, there's still work to do. We are here to work in this city's best interest, and we will do whatever it takes to accomplish just that. Cunningham used his time at the podium to rally the Democratic faithful, urging them to support a slate of Democratic candidates in next year's state and federal elections. Tucson voters may give a raise to the mayor and council. The latest results from the election show Proposition 413 was passing by a slim 50.3% to 49.6% margin. However, about 19,000 votes from yesterday's election still await processing, according to the Pima County Recorder. Most are early ballots that were turned in at ballot replacement sites or vote centers. Tucson City Charter requires voters to approve any raise for the mayor and council. Voters have rejected every pay raise proposal for the last two decades. The initiative that appears to be passing would raise the city council and mayor's salaries equal to those of the Pima County Board of Supervisors, salaries which are set by the legislature. Voters in the Vale area turned down an effort to incorporate into a town, When the election results were released, no votes were at about 60 percent. About 5,600 people in Vail cast votes in the election. Backers said they wanted control over their government instead of relying on Pima County. Opponents, though, worried about the possibility of rising taxes to cover the costs of that local government. The Vail measure was the only ballot question in Pima County that went down to certain defeat. Six school funding measures in five local districts all passed easily, with an average yes vote around 60%. Counting of the votes will continue during regular business hours through Friday if needed, according to Pima County Elections Director Constance Hargrove. If you want to check up on the latest results, visit pima.gov slash elections. Backers of an abortion rights initiative in Arizona are encouraged by yesterday's vote in Ohio, where voters enshrined the right to an abortion in the state constitution. 
Democrats also see it as a sign that voters are rejecting the message of the Republican Party. In states where abortion could directly be on the ballot next year, abortion rights advocates say they closely watched the Ohio results. According to Chris Love, a senior advisor to Planned Parenthood advocates of Arizona, Ohio provided an example for the state in strategizing and building a statewide coalition. Turning to all the other news, a school bus driver arrested for allegedly using a school bus to smuggle migrants was working for the Bisbee School District and has a history of numerous speeding violations. We hear more on that from Danielle Kamara. First reported by the Sierra Vista Herald, 27-year-old Victor Ernesto Guerrero was arrested on October 31st in Naco, Arizona, after a Border Patrol agent found four unauthorized migrants on the Bisbee Unified School Bus he was driving. Bisbee School Superintendent Tom Woody told the Sierra Vista Herald that they fired Guerrero the day of the arrest and that he'd been working for the district since 2022. Court records show that Guerrero has received six speeding tickets in the last five years. The school district did not immediately respond to requests for comment. I'm Danielle Kamara, AZPM News. Tucson Electric Power wants to add over 2,000 megawatts of wind and solar generation and over 1,000 megawatts of energy storage for its customers in the greater Tucson area. Katya Mendoza tells us about that. TEP calls for the expansion of renewable resources in its integrated resource plan. The plan looks into the next 15 years and finds that energy storage is a large component of providing and maintaining reliable service. Joe Barrios with TEP says that the utility provider considers the cost impact to customers when making resource decisions. The idea is we can store the energy when the wind is blowing or when the sun is shining and then deploy that energy when customers need it. The plan is a look into the future of how to meet fluctuating peak energy demands. I'm Katia Mendoza, AZPM News. Tucson officials are running a new program to test old homes in the city for lead contamination. Elisa Resnick reports from the Fronteras desk that lead exposure can cause damage to the kidneys, brain, and blood cells. But for years, lead was used in home building products like paint, pipes, and faucets. Those products were banned in the 1970s and 80s, but homes in Tucson and around the U.S. that predate that mandate could still have them. A 2020 report from the state health department identified more than two dozen Tucson zip codes as being high risk for lead poisoning. Now city water officials are using a federal grant to test some old homes for lead and provide mitigation. Residents must meet certain low income requirements and be in homes built before 1978 to qualify. That report came from Elisa Resnick of the Fronteras desk. And we're going to wrap up today's daily with a special in-depth report. AZPM reporter Danielle Kamara recently went on a small aircraft flight with an educational nonprofit called EcoFlight for an aerial perspective of the site of a proposed road near the border, which numerous environmental groups oppose because it will cut through the habitat of at least 10 threatened and endangered species, including the endangered jaguar. Danielle picks up the story from there. 47 Tucson, tower, roger, runway 11 left, clear for takeoff, wind 1407. 
The proposed road is a cooperation between Border Patrol's Tucson sector and the Coronado National Forest. The federal government says it would repair and construct nearly 13 miles of dirt road to enhance access for Border Patrol activities in the Coronado, about 10 miles southeast of the town of Aravaca, with a small section running along the border and most of it spread across significant border area wildlands. That region is critical habitat for the jaguar as well as ocelot, yellow-billed cuckoo, Mexican spotted owl, Sonoran chub, Gila top minnow, Chiricahua leopard frog, and other threatened and endangered species. As we look down on the site of the proposed road, Russ McSpadden with the Center for Biological Diversity told us about the project and the jaguar habitat. Yeah, I mean, there's been sightings, you know, very nearby. You know, as the crow flies, you know, the Santa Ritas are not far. So last time in there was 2015. The Huachucas are very close. Um, last time was just earlier this year. Um, but, you know, jaguars are really wide-ranging animals. You know, we know from, from El Jefe that, you know, they could go, their their range is, you know, 200 or more miles. Um, so they, they have a, a, a huge uh, territory. Um, there were at least... Russ says that directly in the area of the proposed road, there have been at least two jaguar sightings in the last 20 years. And the jaguar detected earlier this year was in the Huachuca Mountains, not far to the east. Given that jaguars can travel hundreds of miles, the project area would be well within the range of its movement. Russ says that as part of the National Environmental Policy Act, also known as NEPA, Officials are legally required to look at the cumulative impacts of the past and potential future projects in the region, including mines and border barriers. When the federal government installed more than 200 miles of border wall across Arizona under the Trump administration, they waived NEPA and dozens of other environmental laws, which would have compelled them to analyze potential impacts to the jaguar and other wildlife across public lands, including national parks and wildlife refuges. Environmental groups are asking that the government do that analysis now. You're looking at one of the greatest single threats to jaguar recovery. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Why the wall is one of the greatest threats to jaguar recovery? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, the core population of jaguars, is, you know, it's a very sensitive and small population. Uh, uh, breeding population is in Sonora, Mexico. And recovery of the jaguar north of the border requires connectivity uh, with that breeding population. The last female jaguar in Arizona was killed uh, either in the 40s or in the early 60s, depending on who you ask. Russ says that in Arizona, we see jaguars constantly reestablishing territory north. I asked him some follow-up questions after we were back on the ground, and I had had a chance to think on the meaning of jaguars in this region. And they're incredibly important population one, you know, the U.S., the federal government in the United States has designated critical habitat for them um, in these places and, and where this road project would be. And when the U.S. Forest Service uh, designates critical habitat for a species, um, they do so because they have looked at the scientific evidence and they've declared that this section of land is critical to the survival of the species. He says that the existing border barrier and any further construction are such a threat to the jaguar because they need a large, relatively undisturbed habitat, without which the probability of extinction increases greatly. 
Border officials say the proposed project will undergo environmental review in accordance with NEPA. And the Nogales Ranger District, in cooperation with Customs and Border Protection, is currently preparing an environmental analysis of the proposal. Border officials say the limited access has constrained agents' ability to respond to the area. They currently have to drive a distance of about 24 miles that typically takes approximately 60 minutes to complete. And they may even need to continue on foot in order to patrol the area, requiring additional resources and manpower hours and hampering their effectiveness. A scoping letter the government put out to engage in public comment as part of the NEPA process says that the few uneven, difficult-to-maintain, unpaved ranch roads in the area have made detecting and responding to incidents of unauthorized crossings and related emergencies extremely difficult. Tucson Sector Deputy Chief Justin De La Torre explains further. Our response capabilities are only on foot in that area. So it makes it diff very difficult for us or other agencies to rescue people who are, who are lost or in distress out there. It makes it difficult for us to respond to, um, you know, whether it's narcotic trafficking or human smuggling. It'll give us additional access to the border in that environment. And it'll also be, you know, working with our partners at U.S. Forest Service, it'll also be beneficial to them for their capabilities to get out and respond to fire events, rescue events that they may, they may respond to. When asked if that area is an area where migrants cross the border, he said there's human smuggling and people backpacking fentanyl and meth all throughout the sector. The human remains of nearly 50 migrants have been found in that region over the last 20 years, including three people this year. So I had to ask Russ a question that I thought might be hard to answer. Um, and then my last question, and like this is, I don't know, maybe like an ethical or moral question. I'm not yeah. sure. But like, um, why should people care about the Jaguar? Like they're <laughs> that, but like, why, why do they matter? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's a good collective question. You know, why do Jaguars matter? Why do endangered species matter? Um, and, you know, it's always a hard one to answer and it's different for, you know, for different people, but, you know, there are, you know, conservation organizations, um, and, and federal, federal agencies that have spent decades and countless millions of dollars pushing for um, jaguar recovery in the United States. And, you know, the, the health of an ecosystem is often, you know, cascades down from its apex predators and, and jag, you know, this entire, almost all life in this region, you know, co-evolved with jaguars as apex predators. And so having jaguars back is, um, one step towards a more balanced and healthy ecosystem in Southern Arizona and in the borderlands. Um, and, you know, that's, that, that has cascading effects for human health as well. I mean, we're, you know, as much as we pretend that we're not, you know, we're, we're deeply dependent on ecological resources and ecological health. Um, and, you know, jaguars are one symbol of that. The 30-day comment period for the public to weigh in on the project ended in October, but environmental groups are asking them to restart it due to there being no mention of the jaguar or other endangered and threatened species in the government's scoping letter. So far, they haven't received a response. I'm Danielle Kamara, AZPM News. And that should catch you up on everything we've covered today at Arizona Public Media. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the AZPM News Daily wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steve Jess. We'll be back tomorrow.